There were a few statements made on NFL Sunday in Week 12. Which teams were making them? And a big coaching shakeup in the college ranks has a perennial college football power reportedly targeting an up-and-coming NFL head coach. Who that is and more. It's coming up on this edition of the Lockdown NFL Podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Fire it up. It is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock, daily host of Locked On Cardinals. Follow along with me on Twitter at Bob Brock. Easiest way to find me there. And of course, follow us at Locked On Networks and subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Great daily content coming your way. Set up alerts. Of course, you want to subscribe. We got a big Big podcast on tap for you. Three guests joining us to break down some of the biggest wins from week 12 on Sunday around the NFL. Some statements were made. I'll tell you which teams were making them in a win that set up a massive showdown next week on Monday Night Football and Sunday Night Football. Man, it was ugly this week. Could the Chargers, Vikings, or Niners, any of those teams take hold of a final playoff spot? The Niners and the Vikings, they had a showdown in Santa Clara who came out victorious in that contest. But before we get into the action from Sunday, reports surfaced that Oklahoma Sooners head coach Lincoln Riley was fleeing Norman for L.A. and taking over the reins as the next head coach at USC. It's a big splash for the Trojans, which leaves a huge vacancy at OU. According to Adam Schefter, University of Oklahoma is targeting Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury as a couple of names that are starting to surface of who could take over and be Lincoln Riley's successor there. I think uh, somebody who covers the Cardinals, it would be highly doubtful to see Kingsbury bolt back to the college ranks is likely a maneuver to earn himself maybe a lucrative raise, an extension in the desert. He's uh, 2022 will be his final year of his contract. Cliff and the Cards, of course, coming off their bye week after this week. Best record in the NFL at 9-2. and two. They're rolling. Cliff Kingsbury, to go back to the Big 12, which chewed him up, spit him back out, fired from his alma mater, Texas Tech, after just going 35-40 and 40 in Lubbock, despite coaching teams that were quarterbacked by Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield. I'd be... It'd be pretty tough to see that actually happening. Now, Oklahoma, of course, a perennial power. It's not recruiting Lubbock. It's recruiting you know, one of the top programs in the nation. But uh, they'd also have to back up the Brinks truck to get K2 out of the desert. And coaching at the college level has become a bit of a zero-sum game, which uh, you know, I don't know if that's enticing to some people that have some comfortable jobs, especially at the NFL level. Anything less than consistently competing for a national title is not tolerated by far too many entitled fan bases, in my opinion. Pretty crazy to see Cliff Kingsbury go from being on the hot seat entering the 2021 season to becoming a hot commodity in less than a season's time, but he does have the Cardinals rolling this season. I just highly doubt that Cliff Kingsbury would make the jump back down into the college ranks and then miss out on a chance to coach Kyler Murray for the next 10 seasons. 
Now getting you into the action from Sunday. As I said, there were some statements made, and there was one made in Cincinnati, and it was a rough day for Big Ben and the Steelers. The Bengals forced three Ben Roethlisberger turnovers and a 41-10 blowout win over Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Roethlisberger completed 24-41 passes for 263 yards, a touchdown, two picks, and a lost fumble. His second pick was taken in the house by Cincy cornerback Mike Hilton right before halftime. Joe Burrow led the Bengals' offense with one passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Cincinnati's ground game was paced by Joe Mixon with 165 rushing yards, two scores, while T. Higgins had six catches for 114 yards and a score the Bengals improved to 7-4. 2-0 coming off of their bye, while the Steelers fall to 5-5-1. They're struggling to stay in that AFC playoff picture. The Jaguars quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, top pick in the 2021 NFL Draft through a fourth down incompletion with under 80 seconds left in regulation to give the Falcons a 21-14 win in Jacksonville. Cordell Patterson paced Atlanta's offense with 135 total yards and a pair of touchdowns on the ground. Remember how atrocious the quarterback play was against the New England Patriots in a shout-out just a week ago? Matt Ryan bounced back. Threw a touchdown pass to Russell Gage. Did have an interception. The Falcons snap a two-game losing streak with the win. Lawrence, 228 yards in a loss. A touchdown. He had a pick. The Jags have lost their last three games. And now Urban Meyer has officially, in this season alone, matched the total number of losses he had his entire tenure at Ohio State as the Jags dropped their ninth game of the season. The Fens keep on rolling. The Miami Dolphins allowed just 198 total yards in their 33-10 win over the Panthers at Hard Rock Stadium in South Beach. Xavier Howard, Nick Neenum, and Javon Holland all had interceptions in the victory, while Jalen Phillips tallied three sacks on offense. Miles Gaskin scored two touchdowns, and Jalen Waddle caught nine passes for 137 yards and a score to a pass for 230 yards and a TD. Miami's won its last four games. Cam Newton, pretty humbling performance. 92 yards passing, two interceptions before he was benched for P.J. Walker. Carolina has lost three of its last four games. It was the sixth straight win for the New England Patriots. They took out the Tennessee Titans, another top dog in the AFC. New England improved to 8-4 and four with a 36-13 win over Tennessee. To talk about it, we bring on our guy Mike DeBate from Locked On Patriots. And uh, Mike, what was the most impressive thing from this win that you saw from New England? Honestly, it's that New England can pull out a victory against a very formidable team, even when they're not at their best. And believe it or not, 36 to 13 victory, Bo, you'd automatically think, oh, the Patriots ran away with this. It was a blowout win, dominated the Titans. Patriots scored 20 unanswered points in the second half. That was a big part of this, but there were a lot of points left on the board. Mac Jones, couple of overthrows, few that he'd like to have back, one in particular that was a surefire touchdown to Hunter Henry. Uh, the Patriots also on the defensive side, of the ball allowed 270 rushing yards to a team that did not have Derrick Henry. So there are certain things on this loss that you look at with the New England Patriots and say there's still room for improvement. They can still do what they need to do to get the job done, even when they're not at uh, you know their their best and clicking on all cylinders. Bill Belichick will have them working hard this week. A very tough divisional matchup coming up next Monday against the Buffalo Bills. That's going to be telltale. 
Yeah, it absolutely is. Cannot wait and can't wait to hear you uh, preview that matchup, even get on the mic with Joe Marino of Locked On Bills. It's going to be great. But, uh, you know, before we get into Mac Jones's performance, you know, this defense continues to be opportunistic in, in getting themselves their hands on footballs. You had a pick and you also had three fumbles that they were able to cover in this contest. Just what, what more can you say about this defense? Yeah, the defense just finds ways to win. And again, Bo, not their best day in the interior of the defensive line. Mm. Had some difficulties with the run defense, but ultimately this team will find a way to get things done. And the secondary, which has been a little bit maligned up here in New England over the course of the last few weeks, especially because of the loss of Stefan Gilmore. A lot of people were wondering, will this secondary be able to step up and make plays without Gilmore in the lineup and do anything beyond J.C. Jackson? Look, J.C.'s been phenomenal. There's no question about it. Seven interceptions now. Grabbed one in the fourth quarter. Huge. Just in on every single play. But the forced fumble as well, like you said, um, that was a big part of it. Jalen Mills being in the right place at the right time to recover. These are different things that the Patriots are doing. And then you have that big nickel set that they'll put. The three safeties deployed between Devin McCourty, Adrian Phillips, and Kyle Duggar. They've been excellent in the backfield. So, even when the interior of the, of the defensive line or the linebackers may struggle a little bit to stop the run, that secondary can put up a pretty good front, and they showed that against the Titans on Sunday. Mike DeBate, Lockdown Patriots, joins us here on the Lockdown NFL Podcast. Bo Brock, your Monday host, and an, another week and another solid performance by a rookie quarterback and Mac Jones, 23 for 32, 310 yards, two touchdowns, both of them to Kendrick Bourne, but a couple big plays to Jacoby Myers. I, I just, w watching this game, Mike, is it fair to say that Mac is getting even more comfortable back there and even maybe stretching the field more than we've seen him so far in his young career? Absolutely. Without question. Mac is showing a lot more confidence. He's showing a lot more comfort back there because he is more confident. He is more comfortable. He's threading the needle a little bit, throwing in the tight coverage. Trust in Kendrick Bourne is something that I think is so key to what this team has been able to do offensively, especially on Sunday. Mac's touchdown throw to Kendrick was phenomenal. He put it right where Kendrick could get it. He had a lot of faith in Kendrick to go up to be able to get it. Actually, the ball was arriving before Kendrick went even, even went into his break. That shows a lot of confidence from this quarterback in his receiver that he would be able to go up and get it. That's been a key uh, component. But Mac, again, is just he's making the plays when he needs to. There are still areas for improvement. Again, I mentioned Hunter Henry's uh, overthrow earlier. There were some decisions, took a couple of sacks, but ultimately this kid's playing at a very high level and is proving that he is the fit that Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick thought they were getting when they drafted him at number 15. He's been great and he'll continue to only get better. Looking like an absolute steal at 15 now. Make sure you're following on Twitter at MDebateNFL. And as we said, gearing you up for that Monday night football showdown between the two AFC East powers, Buffalo and New England. Cannot wait for it. Mike, as always, great to catch up with you. Absolutely. My pleasure, Bo. Always an honor to be here. Carson Wentz came out of the gates hot in Indy. Did the Colts ride him to their fourth straight win, or did Tom Brady and the Bucks continue to right the ship and stay in the race for the top NFC playoff spot? First, I got to tell you about Direct TV Stream. It's how you get your TV together. The easiest way to do so, simple, get all the entertainment you love. Without the hassle, Direct TV Stream brings you live TV and your on demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows. All in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting to get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. 
You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock, and we're continuing with the earlier games. It was the New York Jets beating the Houston Texans 21-14. Zach Wilson returning from injury after missing the last four games. He was 14 for 24, 145 yards. He did throw an interception and rush for TD. Austin Walter also rushed for a TD for Gang Green as they improved to 3-8. and eight. The Texans, they fall to 2-9. and nine. Just one and four at home to Rod Taylor, 17 for 26, 158 through the air, two touchdowns and a pick in the setback. He was sacked five times in the loss. The Philadelphia Eagles have been rolling, putting themselves back in the NFC playoff picture, surprising a ton of people by doing so. They were rolling yeah, until they hit the road to meet the New York Giants and East Rutherford on Sunday and the G-Men. Shut down Philly's offense to tune 13-7, picking off Jalen Hurts three times. A brutal nightmarish performance for Hurts. Daniel Jones, 19 for 30, 202 yards, and a touchdown in the victory. The Giants improved to 4-7. Philly falls to 5-7. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Tom Brady-led team comes back and wins a football game. That's exactly what happened in Week 12. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers came charging back, rallying past the Indianapolis Colts, one of the hottest teams in football, 38-31. We're going to bring on our guy David Harrison from Lockdown Bucks. And David, how big of a win was this for the Bucks to continue to kind of win back-to-back games and keep themselves entrenched in this top NFC playoff spot picture? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, not just for the playoff implications and obviously taking a three-game lead in the NFC South with New Orleans losing Carolina, uh, falling behind as well. And then Atlanta, you know, beating Jacksonville, but they're the Atlanta Falcons. You kind of expect them to kind of be their own worst enemy. So, I mean, in, in multiple facets, it's a huge game. But I think the biggest way this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense has been far and away a different team at home uh, and, and versus away. And I don't mean that in the typical, you know, every team kind of either does better on the road or does better at home. That's that's pretty typical for an NFL team. But this team, I'm talking Jekyll and Hyde levels mm-hmm. of differences between these two. And, and when they're on the road, a lot of times they don't even look like a team that's, that's worthy of a playoff uh, mention, let alone a playoff spot. And then at home, they look like they can be one of the most dominant teams in the NFL. So for them to come out and play the second half that they did, take advantage of some of the mistakes uh, that the Colts made on their own and, and make sure that they punish them for those. Uh, it's huge. Rob Gronkowski said it's a playoff caliber win after the game, and I think he's 100% right. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, when you look at uh, where they were last year at this time, I mean, they're already ahead of schedule. This team was seven and five before going on the eight eight game win streak, eight and three on the season. But I mean, more looking at this contest, uh, you know, what what was it? Were the Colts able to do to kind of get off to the hot start? And how did Tampa Bay kind of come back and make the adjustments in the second half? Yeah, a lot of Buccaneers self-inflicted penalty or uh, injuries. You know, you had some penalties early on. You had some bad throws from Tom Brady, and that's kind of been. The weirdest part about these struggles yeah. is is usually it's it's other members of the team. You can go back to the Patriots and some of the slow starts they've had in their history. It's usually the rest of the team kind of struggling, and Tom is like still there, kind of saying, "Come on, guys!" But really, a lot in a lot of these Buccaneers struggles, Tom is right there with the rest of the team. And offensively, they just almost look like I don't want to say bored, but they almost kind of look like they're just not as invested uh, as they need to be until they get hit in the mouth, until they fall behind, and now they have a reason to kind of kick it into high gear, which is very stressful for Buccaneers fans uh, <laughs> as I experience every weekend on Twitter. But from, from a coverage standpoint, it's just, it kind of gives you uh, kind of a, of a wait and see type of atmosphere. And I've started sending out every quarter and at the half, obviously uh, polls on Twitter, just to see where the fan base is. And I'm actually starting to notice that as we go through this experience with the 2021 Buccaneers, 
more and more, even down 10 points, even down multiple scores to the Indianapolis Colts at halftime. Buccaneers fans are starting to still remain confident in what yeah. their team is able to do because you see that that resilience and that get back. And, and everybody's kind of had the feeling that this week uh, was going to be that week. But those self-inflicted wounds and then the Indianapolis Colts, honestly, trusting Carson Wentz in the first half to take advantage of the soft coverage as they stack the box in the line of scrimmage to stop Jonathan Taylor. I think where the Colts went wrong, I think when Frank Wright and his staff go back and look at this from, a, from an education standpoint, they're going to realize they tried to stick with that obviously a little bit too long. Should have gone back to Jonathan Taylor. Uh, JT didn't get a single carry from the eight minute mark in the second quarter until into the fourth quarter. That's just, that's honestly, I don't know how you let that happen as a coaching staff. And I think that's where they're going to see. They went wrong. If they go, if they turn to JT middle of the third quarter, that second drive uh, in the third quarter, I think they have a chance of coming out with this win. Yeah, it's uh, an excusable error on, uh, I'm, I'm sure, you, yeah, absolutely. We'll probably see it play out on uh, this week's Hard Knocks on Tuesday night. But Carson Wentz was pretty spectacular. I thought he was turning back the clock pretty well in that first half, three touchdown passes. He had a nice uh, run to extend a drive there. But uh, it, it is odd in a 38-31 contest to say that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense kind of stepped up at the end, though. Is it, is it fair to say? Yeah, it, it's it's fair to say that at the end there. And, you know, you go back to that that one touchdown drive they had in the second half where Jonathan Taylor finally did get involved. They finally gave him the ball and he kind of ran the ball down their throats and really kind of bullied the Buccaneers uh, all the way down the field and into the end zone. And Carmen Vitale, staff writer for Buccaneers.com and good friend of the show, actually said, I really hope fans don't take that drive and forget all of the good that the Buccaneers defense did. I mean, look. Five takeaways from the Indianapolis Colts. And I get that it's Carson Wentz. Believe me, I'm one of the biggest Carson Wentz detractors uh, <laughs> out there. I have been since he was coming up in the draft. I just felt like he was over-evaluated, over-drafted, all of those things. So believe me, nobody agrees with kind of that sentiment than, than, than I do. But still, five takeaways against any NFL team is impressive. I don't care who you're playing or, or how bad anybody might be. If it's Mitch Trubisky levels of incompetence, anything like that. Five takeaways, still impressive. Four on defense, one on special teams. But you have to tip your cap to those guys playing with a lot of injuries. They lost Devin White early. Vita Vea is playing through injuries. They lost Jamel Dean early in the game as well. Sean Murphy bunting only his second game back from injury. So, I mean, just a lot of moving pieces in that defense. And I think they showed a lot of heart with the way they finished that game. Yeah, I don't disagree about that at all. And they're talking about it on today's Locked on Bucks. Check it out. Of course, follow David Harrison on Twitter at DHarrison82. David, thank you so much, man. Thank you, Bo. It was a massive showdown between a pair of five and five teams. The 49ers, though, are running their way to a third straight win. San Francisco racked up 208 yards on the ground en route to a 34-26 win over the Vikings in Santa Clara. Elijah Mitchell, the rookie, ran for 133 yards and a score, while wideout Debo Samuel added 66 more yards on the ground, two touchdowns before leaving, though, with a groin injury. Very concerning there. Jimmy Garoppolo threw for 230 yards, a touchdown, and an interception for the Niners who improved to 6-5 and five and now hold the sixth seed in the NFC playoff picture. Kirk Cousins finished 20 for 32, 238 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception for Minnesota, which slipped to 5-6. and six. Adam Thielen had both TD catches in the setback. The AFC West is becoming an all-out brawl. Could Denver or the Chargers create any momentum in the division on Sunday, plus a huge game in the NFC between the Packers and Rams? Which team emerged as the superior team in the conference yesterday? It's here. It's the best Monday of the year. Cyber Monday and Built.com is the place to aim your mouse. Get at least 20% off everything delicious and healthy. That's 20% off site-wide. 
and even bigger discounts on Built Boost, Broth, and Built Swag. A brand new Built Bar flavor has landed just in time for Cyber Monday, Caramel Almond Delight. It's unbelievable. It tastes like a caramel apple, and it delivers everything it promises. Caramelized chocolate, check. Almonds, check. Delightful, double check. Be sure to get yours before they're gone. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, everything you know and love already about the Built Bar and this delicious new flavor. And this season, maybe you're craving white chocolate. For a limited time, get new Built Bar Puffs flavor, white chocolate cheesecake, the yummy protein treat filled with marshmallowy center, covered in white chocolate, 140 calories, 17 grams of muscle packing protein. Tis the season to save and give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar. Get to built.com. These incredible tasting new bars are 20% off everything. Head to built.com. Use the and enter code the code LOCK20 before it's too late. If you're looking for action this holiday season, Bet Online has you covered all holiday season long. More props, more odds, lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports action this holiday season. Head over to the new updated desktop mobile website, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKDOWN, one word, to receive your bonus. That means if you, your first deposit is $100, bucks, you will get $50 free to help build your stack. And it's not just football. Bet Online has pro, college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online. They're stuffed with deals this holiday season. Bo Brock hanging out with you on the Locked On NFL podcast. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at Locked On Networks and subscribe to our YouTube page. Still have to get into the game in the AFC West between the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Chargers. Could the Chargers make it back-to-back wins or could Denver rattle that division's cage? Also, we got to get to the showdown in the NFC between a pair of powers, the Los Angeles Rams and the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers threw for two touchdowns as he led the Packers to a 36-28 win over the Rams. Rodgers showed no ill effects from his injured toe, throwing for 307 yards and connecting on TD passes with Randall Cobb and A.J. Dillon. Green Bay's defense forced three turnovers, one of which was a pick six by Razul Douglas in the third quarter. The Packers continue to ride high at 9-3 and three just behind the Cardinals, a half game. In the uh, loss column, Matthew Stafford miscues outweighed his 302-yard, three-touchdown performance for Los Angeles. The quarterback had his third straight game with throwing a pick six and also lost a fumble. That, along with the Rams' pass rush that struggled to make an impact, resulted in the third consecutive loss for the team. L.A. now sits 7-4 and four overall and two games back in the NFC West behind the Arizona Cardinals. The AFC West is just a throwdown, all-out brawl right now, and that was uh, on full display on Sunday in Week 12. Denver Broncos took out the Los Angeles Chargers 28-13, suffocating defense from the Broncos, and it had uh, two picks from the rookie first-round pick, Patrick Sertan, and uh, took one in the house off Just Herbert. To talk about it, our guy from Lockdown Broncos talking about today on Lockdown Broncos, the Monday edition, Cody Rourke. What's going on, Cody? Hey, Bo, great to see you as always, my friend. Hey, Victory Monday is always great. I know Broncos fans are excited. A good win on Sunday for them. And and look, they did it against a pretty good football team with the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, first forcing some turnovers in this contest. And what was uh, maybe their main key to success in slowing down uh, Justin Herbert, who was fantastic last week? 
You know, a lot of it, the, the Broncos dropped a lot of zone coverage in this game. Now, the last couple of weeks, they've been playing a lot of man-to-man coverage, and it hasn't hurt them in any way, shape, or form. But they were down Kareem Jackson in this game. He didn't play due to a neck injury. So you had a rookie, Caden Stearns, filling in on the back end of the secondary alongside Justin Simmons. And then you had Ronald Darby, Patrick Sertan. And then, obviously, you had uh, Kyle Fuller inside the nickel there for the Broncos there. They just did a lot of spot dropping, some underneath zone coverage concepts, some man and some one-on-one situations. But they just really focused on a four-man pressure uh, against Justin Herbert, which you have to try to send for. You can't send too many guys because that's where Eckler can get you out of the backfield. The Broncos came into this game really trying to game plan. They believe that they can lock up on the outside, that they can limit the opportunities of explosive plays downfield with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, but they're really their focus was to try to slow down Austin Eckler, who's a threat, obviously, as a rusher and out of the backfield as a receiver, and that's really kind of where they focus their efforts here in this game. You see the offense, it's almost like don't lose the game for the defense. Do you get that <laughs> sense? I mean, is that... Yeah, well, that, that's how it felt. You know, for example, this is a game where the Broncos came out, their defense, they they were on fire, and, and they forced the, the Chargers to go three and out on the first two possessions. And then the offense, you know, they had a 14-0 lead. And then Drew Locke, right before halftime, makes a critical mistake, throws an interception to Derwin James. That leads to a touchdown, uh, obviously coming up on, you know, a few plays afterwards by the Chargers that made it a 14-7 game and a half. Teddy was hobbled a little bit, had a shin injury. He came back in the second half. But the, the key for them was really, trying to figure that out how can the offense help the defense out and in that third quarter it was getting a little dicey there but I'm not going to lie to you the Broncos defense they were on the field for a while the offense only had one possession in the third quarter minus eight yards that's not good and so obviously that's where frustration can creep in if you're a defensive player but man in that fourth quarter the Broncos defense stepped up the offense stepped up with the rushing game and that's what led to the victory is that where they can kind of, uh, if they really want to contend, that that rushing attack and Javante Williams, a good game on the ground. Melvin Gordon was effective, close to five yards per carry. And even Teddy Bridgewater found pay dirt uh, in the end zone for a, for a rushing score. Can they, can they just be a ground and pound defensive unit? They need to be. That needs yeah. to be their offensive identity. Now, look, here's the deal. The Broncos this past week, they signed Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick to mega deals, obviously well-deserved by those guys. They can. They need to throw the ball downfield. Don't get me wrong, but the identity of this offense needs to be to run the football with Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. They're a dynamic one-two punch, and when they both get double-digit carries, 10 carries each or more, the Broncos, they win games. They haven't lost when those guys get that. So it's a formula. And, you know, ball, I will point this out too. What was more impressive about this victory, the Broncos, they were down Garrett Bowles at left tackle. He was out due to COVID. They lost left guard Dalton Reisner to a back injury in the first uh, first quarter there. Lloyd Cushenberry was fine. And then they, you know, at right guard, they lost Graham Glasgow a couple of weeks ago to a season-ending injury against the Cowboys. And then they lost their fill-in left tackle for Garrett Bowles, Calvin Anderson, who was carted off in this game. And then at right tackle, they're down Bobby Massey. So they were really in there with a makeshift offensive line. And, and those guys stepped up to help get the run game going. So uh, that was very impressive about this victory. But they need to run the ball, Bo, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, it can certainly help next week. If the road doesn't get any easier for the Broncos and the AFC West, big Sunday night football showdown with the Kansas City Chiefs. Can't wait to hear you break down and preview this game on Lockdown Broncos. Check it out on a daily basis with Cody Rourke. Thanks, Cody. Appreciate you, Bo. Rounding out the action on Sunday, it wasn't the prettiest win, but it got the job done for Baltimore. The Ravens edged the Browns 16-10 in Baltimore on Sunday night football. Lamar Jackson did not have his best game. Throwing for 165 yards, four interceptions for the former MVP, but he still contributed with one touchdown pass and 68 yards rushing. Mark Andrews was Jackson's main target. Four catches, 65 yards in that score. Baltimore's defense held firm despite Jackson's interceptions. Holding the Browns to 40 rushing yards, Baker Mayfield 
did not throw a pick, but he was played arguably worse than Jackson, completing just 18 of 37 passes for 247 yards and a touchdown. The Ravens improved to 8-3, and three, top team in the AFC, while Cleveland drops to 6-6. Six and six. The Washington football team play host to the Seattle Seahawks tonight. Monday Night Football, WFTs won back-to-back games, while Seattle's dropped back-to-back games. Game in Landover, Maryland. Washington can throw itself right back into the NFC playoff picture with a third straight W. Ross Jackson and Luke Braun, they'll break down, recap the game from tonight. Also, a little note for you, the Dallas Cowboys having some issues due to COVID-19. They head into their Thursday night game. Right tackle Terrence Steele and three offensive coaches are slated to miss the game against the Saints due to the coronavirus outbreak on the team. Steele and the coaches were placed on the reserve COVID-19 list on Sunday. That will leave Dallas shorthanded as the team has two of its three strength coaches out due to the outbreak. Certainly a story you want to follow along with as we approach week 13 of the NFL season. That's going to do it for me, Bo Brock. Follow me on Twitter at Bob Brock. Follow the network at Locked On Network for great daily content. Of course, subscribe to our YouTube page, Locked On NFL. And thanks for making the Locked On NFL podcast your first listen each and every day. We know you have so many different options. and You choose us, and we're grateful for that. Now make... Locked on Bets, your second listen. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, an expert analyst, an insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Get an edge on tonight's Monday Night Football game between Washington football team and the Seattle Seahawks.